Hello, welcome to another episode of Defy the Norm podcast. Victor and I are going to share with you, um, you know, what it's been like now that we're back in San Diego for a few weeks. Uh, San Alejo State Beach is our favorite campground in California, at least. It overlooks one of the best surf spots in the world. And it's really nice to be to be camping there during the week. And then we spend the weekends trying to reconnect with family, uh, fight traffic, and then <laughs> we go back to San Alejo. Uh, like I said, we're just here for two or three weeks. We're kind of leaving it open-ended. The weather wasn't quite as warm as I was hoping for, but it still is nice. What do you think? Yeah, it's been great, and it gives us an opportunity to to experience some beach camping, um, which we haven't done since Florida, although Florida is, is an ocean. It is different than the Pacific. And, uh, we're actually quite fond of the Pacific. I mean, how much are you loving the wind though? Because remember we used to joke, like, Victor loves the wind, loves it, but yeah, yeah. it's a, cle- it's a kind of a cleansing thing for me. <laughs> so the wind and staring off into the ocean, I could literally do that hours and hours a day. I, I was going to say all day, but I'm like, that's a, I really can't do that anymore. But we've, we're going to give you some uh, information on what we've been working on and thinking. And then, uh, gosh, uh, just a little tidbit like that. Our generators, the generators that we've been using to keep us in dry camping have been awesome. Uh, we have the four, we actually have three generators right now. And cause when you're in San Alejo, we're dry camping and you know, it's most days it's 65, 70, not really 70, but it's, it's not like you need to keep a heater running or need AC. So it's just to keep the fridge cold and to keep the lights going. And we've have, uh, the four Patriots solar generator has actually been the bigger one has been the best for keeping like our laptops charged and, uh, we use it a little bit with running the battery, but since we have a gas-powered one, we use that one mo- more for the coach. And then we have this mini one, this tiny little Four Patriots uh, mini generator. Don't you think that thing has been awesome for us to do our job because we just plug our phones into that, and then Victor sits in the truck to do to work with clients, or I sit in the truck, or whatever. We're, we trade off in our office space because we're down here in our smaller trailer, so we don't have as much room. So that is those correct. have been great. Um, no, I mean, like, what do you think? Like, we used to come back to San Diego uh, just pretty much in the winter. We'd go on road trips, and then we'd come back and we'd home base for a couple months and see. San Diego and for the most part Victor took those trips with us but sometimes he stayed back more and we'd always come back and go like oh Victor it's culture shock we're not used to this this is so hard my soul's dying and he's like I don't know what you're talking about San Diego's the best place to live I love it you remember that well, you I notice the difference now yeah well I don't know if I'd ever actually said love love anything okay Victor okay. doesn't love anything but me I get it but <laughs> and his kids yeah but uh, but yeah, it was once you hit Barstow, it was like, what the heck is going on? The traffic has gotten really, really bad. So that even the energy, don't yeah, you feel like everything. It just feels yeah, like the a cloud. The, I think the bigger the city, sometimes the more, in general, the frequency of humans changes. Um, now that's not to say you are not going to find kind amazing people but like in general like everyone is hustling and bustling and hurrying and and, and staring at their phones and it's like oh well, well welcome to to 2022 whatever 
But it's but not like that everywhere. It's not like that everywhere. People still, you have to be careful. We always joke around. If you're, if you're in some of the places where we've traveled and you're like, hey, good morning, how are you? That's an hour conversation. You got to be careful the words that you use with, something, with someone because they'll be like, oh, well, let me tell you what's going on. It also reminds me, though, why I love living in an RV because we're always in campgrounds and you tend to find people with that kind of, not that I want to get stuck in an hour conversation with somebody, but you do get uh, surrounded by people who chose a slower pace of life. Therefore, they're a little bit more present when they talk to you. What I notice more, and again, maybe it's Victor's uh, has an amazing gift of staying in an, in his cave, even if he's in uh, a campground, because you didn't go to the coffee shops with us as much. You did go to the brewery, though. Um, is like in the coffee shops, I feel like it's it's so different. It's so it's so weird. It's like I don't want to say everyone seems like robots, but it's very, very robotic. Like the you know, coffee shops used to be a place where you go go in and like, hey, what's up? How's it going? When we go to when we live in Lander, the coffee shop still is more like that. Like there's eye contact. You wait, people wave at you like when you sit down next to them or say, hi, how are you? It's like everybody is just so tuned into their phone or their computer. There's very little eye contact, very little smiling, definitely no, no communicating and a lot of interesting outfits. <laughs> um, did, uh, did you want to add to that or? No. no, no, not really. Okay. So I liked that I came back and I, uh, it felt really good to come back with so much gratitude for my family to see my family because, you know, we, we don't choose to not, not live in San Diego because of family. I mean, it's more because the pace of life, the lack of, truly it's the lack of outdoor activities here. Um, you can tell me whatever you want that there's great mountain biking the surfing is great, but the vibe in the ocean is not great. And so there's no, there's no sport that we love here. And, and surfing is quite finicky. It's not like you, you right. know, the, the uh, nature has to cooperate. So that's so the if biggest. You're, if you take two weeks, um, let's take a two week schedule. You might get a good surf day there and, and two mediocre ones in two weeks, something like that. Most people that are surfers are getting in the water. But I think oftentimes they're leaving with more frustration than they are pure joy. And that can be a, a, a frustration for people in their lives when they're looking at this outlet that initially was a connection with nature and bliss and turns into a, a competitive performance that they aren't satisfying. I think that's where you end up with, you well, know, for sure. with real frustration in the water. And in the end, like... It's, it's machismo, it's, it's competitive, I get it, but it's ironic that it's happening on Mother Earth and it's like the beautiful feminine. <laughs> the, um, so anyways, we come back and it was really nice for me to come back and see my family and have so much gratitude for the fact that like, hey, you know, they choose to live here and they're happy and I'm choosing to live in a different way and I'm happy and... And we reconnected and my grandma, who is 95 years old, was like dancing with us. She looks amazing. She shrunk a little bit, which that happens by 95. But that is the only thing she, um, she really, I don't know, she was thriving. You know, shares a glass of wine with me, tells me about all of her crossword puzzles, how she goes swimming. At, um, she drives herself still to Trader Joe's and to the 
the gym and go swimming and all these things. And so, and she'll like to pull Victor aside and be like, okay, so my hip, my right hips bother me just a little bit. What exercise should I be doing to keep that range of motion? And it was, it was, it was really, really nice. Victor, however, has not had the exact same experience yet. And like the hard thing is that, you know, everybody, you're, you're so limited by your perception, right? How we choose to see the world keeps us trapped in a certain reality. So obviously for me, before I came back, I said, I'm coming back with a massive amount of love, gratitude, and appreciation. That is my perception. I choose to see the world. And hey, maybe too, I'm even limiting myself that I'm seeing negative things in San Diego when I see the vibe of, of it feels like this cloud of energy. I even catch myself thinking that and I have to I have to force myself to perceive things differently. And I, for me, one of the tricks I do is I like try to look at people who don't pick up their heads. I try to look at them with loving kindness and think like, man, you know, maybe they're just hurt. Maybe they didn't have a mom in their life who was like, hey, what's your passion about? Let me help you make a business plan with it. Hey, let's go surf, come surf with me. You know, my kids aren't like what I see around here because they had parents who are like, hey, Let's live life to the fullest. Let's experience it. You are capable. You are strong. You are abundant. We're telling them these things. So they act this way. But again, perception is everything. So if you perceive the world as very linear, if you perceive the world as it is something that is happening to you and not for you, that can keep you trapped in um, a certain path. Like you have a busy schedule or you know, we, we only get together in this form fashion or, you know, the, the, it basically keeps you closed minded instead of open minded. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, on that note, it becomes uniquely challenging to, to come into a place and I live a completely different lifestyle. Like, and I have changed and I've been really fortunate to be able to work on the self and go, okay, these are the things that I'm limiting. I can look in the mirror. And when I mean mirror, it's usually my wife holding the mirror up to me <laughs> to, tell, to tell me, hey, are you acting out of your programming? Are you doing this? Be aware. And the, that self-awareness, it takes practice just like anything else. And becoming self-aware and healing is painful. There's no two ways about it. Um, I've been digesting a lot of Gabor Mate. He was on the Joe, the JRE Joe Rogan podcast. And then I started digesting everything else that he was, he had produced because one of the things that struck me is that he talked about the root of disease, um, being repressed emotion more than anything else. And I was like, I know I, well, first off, I agree, agree with that. And second, it, it was said aloud in a, in a mainstream media, which I've been, I've been telling people like, be aware of your emotions. Right? Let me just interject real quick with, because sometimes we forget on the podcast. I and it, you maybe have not listened to like all of our podcasts to know, but you know, Victor and I started off as fitness coaches, strength and conditioning coaches, way back in the nineties, late nineties, before CrossFit was a thing. You know, we were we were extremely athletic but in the terms of it wasn't like now where everything for me is about surfing and mountain biking and skiing like that it was just like we worked out we worked out hard we stayed fit we opened a spinning um studio 
we we really like we did approach back then health from the workout end of the spectrum. Yeah. But and we also approached it from nutrition. Like we always ate good. We we're the ones who went to dinner parties and like no 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 it's okay we already ate at home because the sourcing's bad and yada yada and my book playful life kind of says how we how we've managed the eating but it wasn't working for other people and quite honestly that's why we ended up moving into an rv is because there was a moment in my life when i thought this is not enough like just to eat right just to exercise like i want to experience i want to live i want to have the challenge and so we shifted into RV living so that we could chase adventure. And, and just, to, I have to but, tell you, time and space too. Because I'm a good portion of that, I was not doing it with you. But I had time and space to just even ruminate and, and think and think thoughts over and over again to maybe realize like, wait, there's something more going on inside this dome then just hurry up, go to work, get coffee, work with this client, work with this client, work with this client. You have a break, be fit, go work out, go run, come back, teach classes, go back, teach, uh, help with the family, uh, make dinner, um, kiss your wife, uh, repeat. Absolutely. So at that point, we really didn't know anything about like emotions, chakras, um, mindset. Well, mindset, mindset I did, mindfulness, um, th- this concept of, coming at it from an emotional state is was not the thing we did it the other way went fitness nutrition manipura experience life do things like mindset as far as to me i was like i want this therefore i just go do it and then we got to a point where i was like why does why is this not working for victor in the same way it's working for me and then we started you know as soon as you question something the universe provides you answers and all of a sudden, all these things started flooding in about, like, I feel like I just started learning so much about chakras and the quantum field and, and all the work from Mate and um, Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton. And there was, there was just so much that it was like, all of a sudden, it all clicked. I'm like, and we simplify it with the word programming. But programming literally means that you were, you were raised or surrounded by, because it can be also in your school or in your friends, not just your parents, these, these beliefs, these thoughts, and be, beliefs were what you were, you were told something, and your subconscious took on the belief, and then that belief controlled your emotions, dictated your emotions. Like, think about what you feel, felt like when you were a kid, and you know, your parents would say, like, there's starving kids in Africa, you better finish with everything on your plate. Oh, I need to, you know, you're not, you're, you're going to feel a little bit like shameful, like, oh, I'm a bad person because I didn't want to eat my peas. It's a silly example, but we don't really realize how much that is affecting everything. I see it in people. It's like they, they go through life always telling, they tell me I can't homeschool because I can't teach math. Like, yeah, what? A lot. <laughs> so much that when I'm like, what, what makes you think you need math? to be a human being. That's a program like that we are told we need math. I got news for it. Like math, you can, you know, if you want to be an engineer, you might need math. Advanced but there math. are a lot of people <laughs> in the world who one, do not need math in order to live a happy, successful, abundant life. And two, yes, you can learn how to teach math. You don't have to teach math. Hire a math teacher. <laughs> like there's so many ways around it. I just don't understand. I do know why. It's their belief system. It's their programming. So we've spent the last two years like, 
ever since um, pretty much the end of 2020, would you say that you have been on an intense mission with me to deconstruct programming because it yeah. was causing I, such deconstruct a... is a wonderful word, but <laughs> identification is the first is probably the simpler word for me is just to be able to one to be able to identify it. These are the ones that I'm running. It was a lot. There's I a still lot. remember those cue cards. And then two, the greater challenge, and that's where you say deconstruct, to catch it in the moment and retrain. And honestly, like now what I, I prefer to come at it. So we used to go like, okay, you're going to do your nutrition. Now you're going to do your fitness. Now you're going to be mindful. Now we're going to start deep deconstructing it. I actually just go the full inverse way with people now, like yeah. straight up, just tell me what you really want. Now people, most people can't even tell me what they really want. Well, th- I think that's a challenge. I'm sorry. Let me interject. Mm-hmm. I think okay. I was very much the same way and I still, um, was wired until very recently. Like, look, I'm going to affect your phys- get your physiology to help your psychology. The problem is, depending on the person, I will get everything right. And that's essentially there. They were drowning and it gets their head above water. But head above water is not ultimate health. And that's where, where Robin really has convinced me. And really the universe has convinced me like, oh no, we got to start all simultaneously or really make an effort to get the head in the game because of that. Yeah. So we're going back to visiting, visiting family. And it's, it's, it's really hard that... Um, you know, I'm sure, I, hopefully Victor gets to see his family longer, but they didn't really get to see see each other. It was in passing because his mom's been struggling. Not well. Huh? Not well. She's not well. She's struggling with, um, is it early Deme- on? Early, early on to dementia. dementia. So even though she's still, it's not like full dementia, she still recognizes you. It's just she used to be really chatty and she really doesn't talk anymore. And you can, you can see like her soul, like is, has kind of regressed back to three-year-old childlike self and, and not necessarily even a good way because I remember what a lively, happy, beautiful soul she used to show to everybody. I mean, she helped me so much with my first three kids, was energetic. She'd play games with them, but there was a transition period that I remember talking to Victor that I was like, man, there's so much resentment being built. There's so much hurt. There's so much pain. She lost her dad. She lost her brother. Nobody really nurtured her through those emotions of grief. She herself probably had some trauma from even before. Wasn't in a happy marriage. To me, I saw it coming long ago because I'm like, she, she lost that, that spirit, that, that beautiful energy that would be an attractor. And it became built around anger, resentment, shame, hurt, pride, all these things. And so now, now when it's like the medical field interjects, it's really hard because here we're saying, Victor's trying to say like, hey, we need to affect the emotional being. We need to fix this from the emotions because what happens is over, people don't see it, right? They don't see the dots being connected over I'll let you go real quick and finish. They don't see the dots coming in or being connected as it's building. And so now they're looking at isolated symptoms instead of recognizing that no, these were emotions that got buried down that caused leaky gut. Leaky gut leads to leaky brain. 
So it's like, dad, no wonder your brain's not working because you have these, all these hurt emotions that literally caused, um, basically damned up the energetic pathways. And so now neurons aren't firing correctly. Yeah. I mean, just, to, I wanted to interject because if you're new to the podcast, you probably haven't gotten the fact um, that our hypothalamus is literally the seed of our emotion in our brain. Um, and so if you're happy, hypothalamus transfers those feelings via the vagus nerve to all your major organs. Now, that generally creates an upregulation in your genes and things go well. But the complete opposite is present if, if you have negative emotions, anger, shame, um, guilt, fear, yeah. guilt, the big ones. And that starts to downregulate it. Now, this is very interesting because it starts to have a negative impact on those genes, on, on the genes um, and your liver and your GI tract. And you start to create damage, damage to the point that it starts to become a negative feedback loop. Now, instead of you feeling angry and sending that through the vagus nerve to those organs, now the organs are damaged enough that it's keeping you in a negative loop. Oh, this is where this person and that's where that personal that rea personality becomes your personal reality. You end up staying consistently. So even though you're not feeling shameful all the time, your body thinks, let's feel shameful all the time. Now, when we talk about the GI system, everyone can generally agree that if you are upset, you kind of feel that in your physical body. When you have some level of dysbiosis, some level of leaky gut, some level of indigestion, some level of this, there is a, an emotion that's being sent to these organs. And that go, go, is going to lead to a blood-brain barrier issue over time. It's absolute 100%. And, you know, Hippocrates used to say death begins in the gut. This is exactly what he was thinking. He knows that that's where we start to really send those messages. Now... Can you be extremely nice? And I got, I watched this video with Gabor Mate. Why nice people die. die. And a lot of times it's because they're being nice to get an affirmation that they're first off never going to fulfill, but they're not being, um, what's the word you always use? Authentic. They don't know who that authentic self is. Authenticity is absolutely critical when you do you do something not to receive something in return if you're doing something to get something in return there's it's likely you're not even going to get the fulfillment from the giving and you're going to damage your body systems go ahead i know you so want to how um, gabon mate explains it is um and lots of people talk about this he's not the only one but you know when you're a baby you need attachment mm, yeah you're, uh and in order to get that feeling of attachment from your parents, um, you know, it should happen very naturally. I mean, I was very lucky. I had a supportive husband who let me stay home. I was able to just stay home and nurture my kids. And But there were moments when I used to lose my patience and, and um, get overwhelmed and stressed out. Well, when your kid sees that, then they fear like, oh, I'm losing that attachment. And so they hide some of themselves. Maybe they act out or maybe they become really shy. Here's what's interesting to me. You kind of can look, not kind of, you can look at your Enneagram 
and you can see what program you ran as a defense mechanism to that feeling of lack of attachment. Right. Now, that is not to say that, like, that's why I use myself. I have, like, I was very, very fortunate mom, loving. I said, occasionally I lost my patience. But could you imagine? I can't even fathom, like, if I had an abusive husband or if I had to work full time and came home and I was exhausted. Like, the amount of non-attachment my kids would have felt. I, I tell people with homeschooling, it's not about the curriculum. I would spend hours a day for homeschooling just listening to my kids because in listening to them, they form attachment. Mom cares what I have to say. She's listening to me. She's attentive. It's, those are the way more important things of creating healthy, happy human beings than grammar and science and all these other things. We need attachment first. All these problems we have as an adult, all these health issues come back to that lack of feeling attached as a child. And so if you, if you didn't feel that attachment or your parents were stressed out or... Emotionally unavailable. Not available, yeah. right. You, you didn't, you ended up being inauthentic. You ended up morphing yourself. I, as an Enneagram 8, became controlling. Victor, as an Enneagram 2, became the helper. We know people that are Enneagram 1s. They became the perfectionist to uphold moral justice. All of these things happen in childhood. And so because of that, then what Victor's saying, your persona, that personality evolves from you acting out of your Enneagram. That's why when we work with people, I can go, man, if I, as soon as I talk to you long enough to know your Enneagram, I know that, oh, this is the, this is your path. Like you, you can deconstruct your programming through scripting, through these visualization exercises, manifestation exercises, all of that stuff as soon as, especially so much faster when you know your Enneagram, because you kind of know, you know, yeah, we're all unique, but we're all kind of running the same, the same stuff, right? We all have these feelings of shame, fear, guilt. Some of us have just more fear than others. Some of us have more shame than others. Right. Were you an No, no, no. Oh. I was just agreeing wholeheartedly. Oh. Uh, it, it, what it does is create a template for you to start to understand and bring your awareness to it. Um, and I and I think if you're actually, I know that if you want to have absolute health, you need to start understanding what floppy disk, what disk was placed in your in your brain at a very young age to run what program was running, so that you can start to live free of those things wouldn't it be wouldn't it be wonderful if everyone had that awareness to go oh wow I, yeah i had this input and wow right now it's running and you know what i'm gonna choose not to be that and that first insight for me was with joe dispenza when he talked about people would wake up the same way and get dressed the same way and have their coffee the same way and drive the same way and they're on a loop and because they're on the loop and they mix that in with the emotions that we just described, those in general, these negative emotions over time, they are now living in their past as, as opposed to their future. And this was a wonder, these are wonderful people like you and I, like ourselves. And we, we can see that it's very easy to fall in that trap where you're not really projecting 
this is what I want to feel like. This is the type of person I want to be. And these are the things that I want to accomplish. Instead, you're like, well, I'm on autopilot. And it's not your fault. Because it's not our fault. We're not in... taught to, to really pull that apart either. Right. I mean, we go to the highest step. I always go, there's that powerful force that's controlling and manipulating our perception. Right. It's trying to, you know, has done decades of predictive programming to make you think you are a victim. I think that's what's cool is when Victor and I come together, it's like he, you know, he didn't jump full, full, um, full force into the deep into this lifestyle with like, oh yeah, I I got this. This is going to be great. It's been hard. It's been a process still evolving, but overall he's the first one to say it's worth it. Right? Yeah. It's worth it. Once you start getting to the other side and I start to reveal to me, I'm like, wow, I am a I had these programs running. I mean, one of the simplest things is I avoided ice cream for like two decades because I was like, oh, this is bad for me. It's going to you know, ruin my gains. Only <laughs> to really realize like, well, if my mind, if my, if I'm happy and moving and everything, like it actually is, was a, a wonderful experience for this summer. I ate more ice cream than I ever have in an entire summer. And from a physical standpoint, I was actually leaner and stronger and fitter than I've ever been. Because Isn't was... that strange? I used to think to myself, little side note, I used to just think to myself, initially when I started working in the fitness industry and opened our own brick and mortar, that people would just lie to me. You, you can't be eating this. If you were eating this, you you would have the gains that you want. Now looking back, I realize that... I, I now know that their stress level of these individuals, looking back like, oh, that's what was going on. They were living in the hormones of stress. They had a high achieving job, but they were essentially living in the hormones of stress. Now, what I mean by that is that fight or flight, hormones of stress, not good, right? You're in this state where you're being chased. Now, you think to yourself, oh, come on, Victor, that's not that's not reality. Is it, are, do, are people really living in the hormones as if they're being chased by a bear. Absolutely. And I'm like, I'm saying it multiple times so that you're very clear. You could tell it, you could see it in their eyes, you could see it in their breath, you could see it in their lack of progress in the gym. Now, how do you pull that apart? Now we have the tools to pull it apart. Initially, I, I was I was just thinking, well, train harder, train harder, eat less, train harder, eat less, more cardio, train harder, eat less, more cardio, uh, avoid injuries, rehab injuries. Now I realize like, hey, what, what's going on in your life? Oh, man, I got this big case. Um, I, you know, tons of stress. This is this is a situation. I'm like, hey, what? Why don't we do? Why don't we just stretch and breathe for a little bit and calm your body down? Your body deserves to be in that state of relaxation. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like that. And if you enter into a workout and you get triggered into a slightly fight or flight CNS, uh, central nervous system reaction, well, that's okay. But I think the greatest challenge is that you take a very stressed person and you tell them they need to work out and they start jumping into intense workouts because they think themselves like, okay, I'm going to do my rocky thing. And, and, And some of that is great. But some of that their bodies are not ready to handle because they have two, three, four decades of damage that they've done. Yeah, uh, on, <clears throat> and even that can be simplified into, we say stress, but it's not even their external stress. It's the addiction to the internal state of stress, meaning, so I could be, I could say, oh, I have stress, I have five kids, and I have, this, I have these clients, and I have this 
this blog to run and I have these and all those things. But the fact is, is it would, it would be my old self would have been addicted to control addicted to if I'm not controlling something let me find something else to control right Victor's wouldn't be so much um, control his would be affirmation yeah I, I'm gonna do this because I'm addicted to affirmation and no amount of affirmation would fill that tank and so we because of whatever that root it's the root emotion we're addicted to it's that root you I we work with a lot of Enneagram sixes and Enneagram six, you're, you know, you feel strong. You think you're strong. You're like, ah, I, I'm, I'm assertive. I, I protect my, my family and I protect myself. But really, those people are running a program of addicted to fear. They see fires all around them and they are constantly scanning for a fire. And it's that addiction to scanning for fires that's keeping them fat. That's what causes you to not lose weight. It's not even the external stress, because Victor will say that to some people, well, you need to lower your stress. And they, they, need, it's, they, they can't. They really can't because they're going to constantly be craving it from another, another way. Maybe they lower their work stress, but then they add family stress. Or um, they, or they t- decide, you know, Victor might say, you need to lower your stress and play more, which they do. But then they become whatever, say competitive, go into the surfing lineup and they want to compete with the big boys and then that, then there's stress there. So it's, it's, a, it's a cycle that's easiest to break by identifying your emotional addiction. What is the thing? And you know how you find it? It's so easy. You think of something you want and then you notice the thought after it of why you can't have it. I want this. And then all of a sudden some but. thought comes up but I can't, or you're self-limiting. So you're going to have to say it out loud or say it to somebody like me who's going to call you on it and be like, look, I, I work with a lot of people that say, I can't this. I'm like, yes, you can, but I can't. But what about this? Stop being afraid. If you're afraid, it's because the predictive programming has told you, has put in this belief that there's one way to live, that um, there's scarcity and lack in the world. It's not true. There's, there are, there's, there's really just abundance and joy, but you have to choose to see it. And it's, there's so many like note cards that, um, we call them note cards. Cause when Victor and I were working on this, I kept writing down all the beliefs that like, when I tell him like, Hey, where do you want to travel to? What do you want to do? And he, he'd say things and I'm like, okay, let's do it. But then not want to do it. And I'm like, okay, okay. What's going on here? What's the belief that you can't do this? And he's like, well, I have this, I don't want to go through all this beliefs, but there'd be a belief that comes up. I'm like, okay, I write it on this, this note card. And then there ended up with like, what, 20 note cards? 20 or 30, like, yeah, um, of programming beliefs that, that were ho- sort of holding me back. And when we say, let me interject one thin little thing. Um, when we say you're addicted to the hormones of stress, and Joe Dispenza uses that a lot, the simple science is this. You get hooked up, Robin's talking about the program, but you get a quicker way to tap into energy um, when you're addicted to those hormones. So the hormones of stress, again, are these fight or flight hormones. So you come around a corner, bear, bear's there, you need to access blood sugar ASAP. You need to shut down digestion. You need to create, allow, you need to raise, it raises your blood pressure, raises your heart rate so that you can get the heck out of there. Now, it's a wonderful system for fight or flight. But when you become addicted to your programming, even at rest, you are wiring 
to get towards that. So could that be a, is that addicted? Addictive? Heck yeah, because you can get you can get energy real quick. So if you're listening to this and this resonates with you, I want to tell you what I would tell you would recommend you do because you know I am still an Enneagram Eight and I have a shirt that says this is what you need to do. So if you're in a relationship, you really should schedule an appointment with Victor and I to sit down and script. We used to have this course, Reignite the Passion, and we still stand for this framework. To reignite the passion, or just to ignite the passion, um, maybe it wasn't ever, <laughs> whatever it is, wherever your starting point is, you gotta get ho- your hormones on point, which you still need, we joke about eating ice cream, but yeah, but we're also eating some other really amazing things. You still need to be putting the majority of your food in your body that is from a mom or a seed, and the ice cream we were eating, it was from, grass-fed cows and it was good ice cream but whatever i'm not trying to still sugar sugar's not a problem if you're active um you need to release energy your your uh energetic blocks that you have in there remember i said all these were like it's like concrete got put down um on your energy field on your uh think of it as a highway and like there's roadblocks on the highway um that's what's happened. You know, everybody understands with like heart disease that you have atherosclerosis and like blockages in your veins. Well, the same thing's happening in your energetic field. That's why you're so tired. So you've got, got that. Then you need to know your Enneagram because that's your programming. And then, um, I space out cause I was staring at this guy. Um, I'll come back to the fourth one. Cause I, Oh, well you need to play. You need to have fun. You need to go do fun stuff. Like people go, Victor tells everybody on the, what are you doing this weekend? They're like, okay, well, I got to go meet this person and then go do go this thing. Take, and, I have responsibilities. And, and we joke driving through San Diego. So I'm going to eat here and then I'm going to walk across the street and then I'm going to eat here. It's like cities have literally become Disneyland. <laughs> it's like, that is not healthy, but that's a side note. And then the fifth one is scripting you need if you are in a relationship you are two boats two individual boats that need to be sailing to the exact same destination but that doesn't happen some people get married or get come together in a relationship and they all of a sudden think their boat is the other person's boat or the other person's boat is their boat and we're now two boats that became one boat no you're not you're two individual boats but if you're not going in the right in the similar direction you know you can meet up at a port and then go separate ways for a little bit and then meet up at a port. That's okay. That's not what we're seeing though in couples. We see people driving boats on autopilot. And for the so many years, I'd be like, Victor, I'm so tired of you just being a water skier behind my boat. Like come, come drive it either in my boat or you know what even better? Why don't you get your own boat? And we could just like go like cruise like pal together and, and take turns following each other. It'd be rad. Um, so you, so that's where I want to say to start. Start with scripting with us. Sit down in a, in, a, in a call with us and let us help you script where you're headed first. Because yes, you need to do the nutrition at some point. And yes, it'd be great if you guys both started rollerblading together or um, going on hikes together. Whatever it is, play would be great. Um, and it's definitely a good place to start. You really do need to, the, the best way, the way we work, Victor used to work with people just doing workouts. Now 50% of his clients are just doing breath work to unlock the energy that is trapped because you can't get your head above water sometimes without it. 
but in that scripting, I can usually tell by talking to somebody what their Enneagrams are. So you can take an Enneagram test. You could do our Precision Personality Hacker. That will help too. But most people just don't know what to do with it. They're like, right. okay, so I'm a type four. What does that mean? What do I do? And so in a scripting call, that is how the fastest way for us to access, um, like pretty much to put it in a plan. It's really easy for me to like have somebody say like, you know, this is what I want out of life. This is what a good life would look like to me. And I can ask a few questions and be like, okay, here's your path. Here's, your, here, here's how you change that belief system so that you activate your abundance and can live in joy. We always talk about, it's like you're, you get to, you don't have to move cities. You don't necessarily have to change your job. You don't have to move into an RV, but you have to go through life as if you're 5D in a 3D reality. You're energetic being that just can attract everything that you want in money, relationships, health, wealth, all that. So good? good I think that's up? a great, I think that's a great, we gave you guys a lot. Um, reach out if you need help. Share this. Really. You know, I used to think, um, I didn't want to say this because everyone else, b- bigger voices are saying it. But the really the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of people need to hear it from a specific person, a specific voice that will resonate with them. So the more you can share these podcasts with someone that needs it, the more we can make the world a better place, make people happier and healthier. Yeah. And I should also add, like I said, if you're a couple, we do. I do the same thing with just individuals. It doesn't have to be a couple. Ideally, we are trying to come together and encourage couples to go through this path together. But Victor still works with individuals and I work with individuals so it doesn't have you know if you're sitting there like okay I gotta find a I gotta find a partner first before I can schedule a <laughs> with these people like that works too but you don't have to all right have a great week